Good morning and welcome. We're glad that you're here today. Appreciate so much your presence. It might be that you are traveling and you're here today as a guest and we want to welcome you. We hope and pray that your travels are safe. It is a holiday week and so we trust that everyone will have a great Thanksgiving and hope to see you back here again next week safe and sound. I want to call your attention today to Psalm 119 passage that Drew read a moment ago will tie into our lesson, but I want to call attention to Psalm 119. I want to read for you a portion of a statement that on the surface will make no sense. As a matter of fact, it is from my vantage point a very odd statement. Here's what the psalmist said. It is good for me that I have been afflicted. Let that sink in for a minute. It is good for me that I have been afflicted. Why in the world would anyone say that it is good to suffer? Have you been there? To the point that you have said... It's good that I have faced tough times in my life. Is there a silver lining in our afflictions or adversities? The psalmist said, it is good for me that I have been afflicted. You won't understand that statement unless you read it in its entirety. And so he said, it's good for me that I've been afflicted. Why? that I might learn your statutes. There's something to be said for facing tough times. Not that we relish tough times in life, but what the psalmist is saying is that there are some things that I have learned from my suffering. And so today I want to call attention to the silver lining in our adversities. I want to begin by first of all calling attention to the fact that afflictions develop character. The passage that was read a moment ago where Paul said many, many years ago that tribulation produces perseverance or patience. Patience or perseverance produces character. A couple of thoughts here. First, there is what I would call the refining of our faith, and then the defining of our faith. You really don't know how strong you are spiritually until you face adversity, do you? Sometimes we talk about the difficulties of life, testing our mettle. In other words, saying to us, this is what you're made of. And so when you look at life from the vantage point of Scripture, you find that some of the adversities that we face in life are meant to refine our faith, which ultimately can define our faith. Think for a moment or two about 
the possibility of being persecuted. In 1 Peter chapter 1, Peter talks about the fact that the Christians in his day were being tested immensely for their faith. And he said, you have been grieved by various trials, knowing that the trying or genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, might be found unto praise, honor, and glory at the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. All Peter is saying is that those trials, tribulations, or persecutions that they were experiencing for the cause of Christ, they were refining them. They were helping to define who they were in Christ. So you could talk about persecution or tribulation, and then I think about pain. You know, sometimes we fail to appreciate good health until we lose it. And yet, is it not the case that the pain that we suffer in this life can help to refine and, yes, even define our faith? I can't help but think about the life of David. David suffered a great deal. Some of that was self-inflicted. I get that. But David had a lot of pain in 2 Samuel chapter 12. We read about David losing an infant. And you remember he said, I can go to him, but he won't be coming back to me. David often talked about the tremendous trust and faith that he had in Almighty God. Job, a good man, a righteous man, one that... The Bible says, feared God, turned away from evil. And yet, in a very short period of time, Job lost a lot of things in life. He lost his children, a great deal of his wealth, and then his health. The Bible tells us he even lost the support of his wife, who said, curse God and die. And Job said, you speak as... A foolish woman speaks. Shall we not accept good at the hand of God? Shall we not also accept adversity? Did Job learn from the things that he suffered? Yes, he did. I'm not saying that Job relished the difficulties and the trials that he faced in life, but I know this. It helped to define him as a man. Because over in Job chapter 13, verse 15, Job would say, Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. And so, persecutions, pain, what about problems in life? Can the problems of life not refine and also define our faith? In other words, define who we are and what we are in Christ? Let me read another statement that on the surface would seem odd. Do you remember James said, count it all joy when you fall into various trials? That, again, to me, seems like an odd statement. I mean, to think about looking at the various trials of life with a joyful disposition. I think what James is saying is, look, when you face the various trials of life, if you'll step back, take a deep breath, you can learn from these things. There's some things that God intends for you to learn. Now, 
in the book of James in chapter 1, in verse 2, he's talking about those outward trials of life that are common to all of us. Some of the things that we just talked about, persecution and pain. It might be some type of economic adversity, the loss of a job, the loss of one's health, the loss of a loved one. The list could go on and on. But the bottom line is, James is saying, look, you can allow these things to make you cynical, critical. It could possibly cause you to have a sour disposition on life. Or you could allow the things of life to shape and to mold and to make you into something that God can use. And so, what the psalmist is saying is, first and foremost, affliction can develop character. Now, there are a lot of things that you and I can learn in a textbook. Some of you are in school and you learn every day from various textbooks. There are some things that we can look, look at, we can talk about in theory, but then there are other things that, quite frankly, we will never come to understand and appreciate until we experience them. Sometimes we talk about going to the school of hard knocks. Let me tell you what, there are times in life when you need to get kicked around the block a time or two before you understand what you're made of. I think that's, again, what, what the psalmist is talking about. I think that's what Paul is talking about. When we use the adversities and the afflictions of life in a positive way, we can allow those things to build and to enhance our character, to make us what we ought to be in the eyes of God. Now, there's a second thing. First, afflictions develop character. Secondly, afflictions deepen our commitment. In other words, when we face difficulties in life, one of the things that trial or tribulation or difficulty does is deepen our commitment in God. Listen again to what the psalmist said. It is good for me that I've been afflicted. Well, why? That I might learn your statues. Now think about it for a minute. Aren't we being reminded over and over again in Scripture about the frailties of life? Isn't Scripture transparent about what life is all about? I mean, think about Job. I mentioned Job a minute ago. In Job chapter 14, verse 1, here's what he said. Man born of woman is of few days the brevity of life. What he's saying is, when we suffer trial and tribulation and tough times in life, we understand our frailties. It might be that we think we're Superman, that nothing can ever get us down, but the bottom line is the body will ultimately break down and wear out because we're not built to live on planet Earth forever. Remember the words of the psalmist, how he talked about how the days of our years are what? 70 years, 80 years? Accompanied by what? Strength, sorrow, and labor. Pretty good summation of life. And then he said, it's soon cut off and we fly away. James said, our, li our life is like a vapor. He said, it appears for a little while and then vanishes away. 
So, at best, life is brief. And then Job said, man born of woman is a few days, listen to him, and full of trouble. I've said it before and I believe it. Job had a lot of experience in the realm of pain and suffering, didn't he? Don't you want somebody that has some experience talking to you about a problem? Let's say you're going through some adversity in life. Quite possibly, maybe you have faced some type of financial disaster or some economic reversal. Wouldn't you want to sit down with Job and say, Okay, Job, how do you deal with that? What about somebody who has lost some loved ones, buried their children, buried a spouse, buried a grandparent? Don't you want to, don't you want to talk to somebody that's been there? You can talk to Job, he'd understand. What about somebody who is suffering, whose body is aching? who laments the day that he was born, who looks at life and says, I'm done with this life. Wouldn't you want to talk to Job? Don't you think that as we face affliction, face adversity, that we're reminded of our frailties in life? But there's a second thing. And that is, we are reminded to have faith in the Lord. Two things here. First and foremost, when we face difficulties and tough times in life, I think what the Scripture would say to us and what some of the people that I've talked about in days, talked about a moment ago, what they would say to us is, number one, you need to learn to find refuge in the Lord. Find refuge in God. Did David not look to God for refuge? In Psalm 18, David talks about how much he loves the Lord, his strength. He said his rock, his fortress, his deliverer. He said, my God. And then in Psalm 57, David would say, be merciful to me, be merciful to me, O God. In the shadow of your wings will I make my refuge until these calamities are past. David recognized that when life literally is turned upside down and times are tough and you're hurting and suffering and in pain, you need to look to God for refuge. The Bible tells us that we can turn to God for refuge. The Bible says that we might draw boldly under the throne of grace, that we might receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. When tough times come, when afflictions come, what God is saying to us is, give it to me. Give it all to me. A passage that's often quoted, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, Casting all your care on Him, for He cares for you. Whatever the adversity, whatever the trial, whatever the depth of suffering that you might be experiencing in life, you need to understand first and foremost there's a God who cares and that there is a God who will take your cares. He is there for you. So that ought to, that ought to be 
encouraging to us. So I think about learning to find refuge in the Lord. And then I would add to that learning to rely on the Lord. Could I ask you a question? Do you trust God? Do you trust Him? Do you trust your life in His hands? Solomon said, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not under your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and what will He do? He'll direct your paths. Do you trust God? Sometimes it's easy for us to sit back and say, You know what, I trust God because everything's well in my life. As we would say, life is good. I've got a good job, I've got a good family, my health is intact, I've got money in the bank, I've got everything I could ever want in life. What happens when the tables are turned? What happens when you lose your health? What happens when your mate loses his or her health? What happens when you bury a loved one? What happens when you become discouraged and despondent in life? You better trust God. You better learn to rely on Him. Think about the words of the psalmist again. He said, It's good for me that I've been afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. Is it not the case that we can look into the Word of God and there's some things that we can draw out of God's Word about relying on Him? The fact that God is ever-present in our lives. You remember the Bible says, I will not leave you nor forsake you. God is with us wherever we go, isn't He? God is mindful of our needs. He understands our hurts, our anxieties. I mean, think about all the things that we face in life. What's God saying? God is saying, I'm there for you. The Bible says, In nothing be anxious, but in everything, with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall guard your hearts and thoughts in Christ Jesus. So to know that when we face tough times, there's a God to whom we can turn, and there's a God who will be there for us. As a matter of fact, not only is God with us, He is for us. And David said that many years ago. This I know, God is for me. There's a third thing I want you to see, and that is afflictions define our commodities. In other words, when we face tough times in life, sometimes we find out just how rich we are. Think for a minute about focusing on our blessings in life. The psalmist said a long, long time ago, Bless me the Lord who daily loads us with benefits. I mean, you think about all the blessings and the benefits that you enjoy in this life. Sometimes we don't appreciate our health until we lose it. And then we back up and we say, you know what? I had it all, didn't I? So, focusing not on what we don't have, but what we do have. Look at the life of the Apostle Paul. And you think about all the things that he faced in life, the ups and the downs, the highs, the lows, the joys, the frustrations his anxieties in this life. And yet, Paul was a man of immense gratitude, wasn't he? 
always thanking God for what he had, for the people around him, for the opportunity to be one of his children. And so you look at the life of Paul and you see somebody who recognized just how blessed he was in life. I mentioned a moment ago how affliction, adversity can deepen our commitment. Think about Paul and that thorn in the flesh. Paul said that because of the abundance of revelations that had been given unto him, he said, there was given unto me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet me. He said, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And here's what God said, my grace is sufficient for you. He said, therefore, most gladly will I glory in these infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Paul recognized that there were blessings, inherent blessings in adversity, didn't he? That when he was weak, then he was ultimately strong. His strength was where? It was in the Lord. So he recognized even though, even though he was hurting and even though he was suffering, still had blessings, didn't he? So you think about the blessings you have, and then I want you to think for a minute or two about the future blessings that we have after this life. What's in it for the Christian? What's in it for you? Why are you a child of God? Is it not the fact that we're chasing a better day and a better place? When Paul wrote to the church at Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, he said, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, works for us a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. He said, We don't look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. The things which are seen, he said, are temporal. The things which are not seen are eternal. Paul recognized, look, the world in which we live, it's passing away. There's a better place, a better day coming. So in chapter 5, verse 1, he could say, For this we know, that if the earthly house of our tabernacle be dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Now just think about that for a minute. As Paul neared the end of life here upon planet earth, do you remember how courageously he looked at the end of what we would say life here on earth. He said the time of my departure is at hand. I'm already being offered. I fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. I've finished my course. He said henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Which the Lord the righteous judge shall give to me in that day. And not to me only but also to all them who have loved the Lord. No hesitation. No questioning. No concerns, but rather steadfast conviction that when this life came to a crashing halt, he'd be with the Lord. And so, sometimes we don't realize how rich we are. The afflictions, the difficulties of life can cause us to step back and recognize, you know what, we're rich. Rich beyond beyond words Paul said that those of us who belong to the family of God we live in hope of life eternal which God who cannot lie promised before the world began not pie in the sky but reality
It might be that you're facing some tough times right now. I would encourage you, don't give up. Don't give in. Don't give out. Trust in God. There is a silver lining somewhere. Because the bottom line is we can always learn from tough times. I want you to know that if you're here today and you're suffering and you're hurting and your life is not where you want it to be physically, there are folks here that are praying for you. And there are people that are here who are with you. We're in your corner. And we want you to know that. It might be the case that you're here today and your life's in shambles. Physically and spiritually. Well, it's good news. Good news is you can turn it all around today. If you believe Jesus is the Son of God and you would be willing to repent of your sins, confess His name before others, be buried with Him in baptism, the Bible says that you can enjoy forgiveness, Acts 2.38. That God will put you in the church, and if you'll be faithful until death, the promise is the crown of life. Revelation chapter 2, verse 10. If you're here today and your life's not what it ought to be, and you need to come home, look, we'd be happy to pray with you and for you. And God will forgive you of anything amiss in your life as we stand and sing.